The information expressed in the following podcast is intended for educational purposes only and was created by and belongs solely to Believe Limited and the Flow podcast and does not necessarily reflect the views of our sponsors. Please speak to your healthcare provider before making any medical decisions. Hello and welcome to Flow. I'm Jessica Richman here with Sarah Watson, sex therapist and Venus to discuss ITP. We'll work on saying the full name later. But first, before we get into it, we all want to know, how's your flow? This is our music. <laughs> and we are here with Venus. Yes, Venus, the goddess of love. Um, and we're going to start off with our effort to normalize the conversation around menstruation with a quick check-in. How is your flow? Venus, would you mind sharing with our listeners where you are in your hormonal or menstrual flow? I am very much into perimenial pause right now. So I am waving goodbye to those childbearing years and the biology that it comes with. Mm-hmm. That saying, the la- my last flow just a couple of days ago. Fantastic. No cramps, Wait. no nothing, actually. It was very, very good. Only lasted two days. Oh, an easy perimenopausal flow. We love yep. to hear that. That's <laughs> encouraging. Yoga. I account it to all to yin yoga, stretching before uh-huh. two or three days before, and then a couple of days continue that yin stretch. Cannot beat it. Venus, the goddess, already giving us great tips on how to persist with our flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Sarah, I know, I know you don't menstruate. Where are you yeah. in your cycle? Yeah, I think we're in the follicular stage right now. I think that's yeah. what's happening. Feeling good. You know, ovulation's coming. Should be a couple days, maybe five. So we'll see. Nothing bad yeah. right now. Shockingly. It's great. <laughs> Shocking. I know. Shocking. In one of those windows in the month where it's not, there's not pain. It's Correct. Great. It's delightful. Yeah. How about you? Where are you? I'm menstruating. Uh, oh, done. yes, that's right. We, we talked about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yesterday, too. Mm-hmm. Didn't menstruation. stop. <laughs> nope. Still going. Still, still going. going. <laughs> Great. Love utilizing my Hello Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Wish I had the Diva Cup back in the day. Oh. Venus. What was your go-to product? What was your... Uh, period panties. I-, I had to have so many things because such a heavy flow. I was just like gushing all of the time out of multiple orifices. <sighs> I will say that. Uh, yeah, oh, it was no. uh, very heavy. So multiple, multiple products. Can we get right into that? Multiple orifices. I've also had hemorrhoids and I've had like a menstrual flow while having hemorrhoids. So I oh, feel that. Oh. Is that what you mean? Or oh. is there other orifices too? facial orifices <laughs> bloody oh, noses mm-hmm. yeah I got I do do a little bit of blood out of ears I have had it done out of my eyes and basically what immune purpura is is the blood comes to the surface of your skin it doesn't have many platelets to stick to the right. walls of your veins so it just just everywhere coming out of everywhere yeah out of your skin, which is what you first told me that made me say, please come on, flow and tell us more right. about yes. it. Yes. ITP stands for, can you do us the honor of, of saying yes. the words? 
When I was diagnosed, it was idiopathic thrombocytopenia purpura, but then it evolved into immune thrombocytopenia purpura, same initials, ITP. Um, Yeah, that's what it is. And it is just a lower than average platelet count with no, don't know where it came from. Don't know why you're lower than average platelets is. Usually it comes from the, the fluid in the spine. But I had four spinal taps and a spinal um, infusion still wasn't happening. Still wasn't happening for me. Wow. An infusion of platelet support? Was that a treatment Correct. option? Yeah. Into mm. the spinal cavity, yeah. Wow. Yeah. By the age I uh, four of those plus the infusion by the time I was 16. So okay, those, so that's... those. Oh, my beautiful yeah. new woman years. Yeah. I oh. spent lots of time in the hospital. So yeah. backing up, when did symptoms mm-hmm. first start to show up? When I was 13 years old, I would have these nosebleeds that I would mm. fill up like a gallon. I would just hug a, a vessel and just let my nose run because I didn't oh. know what else to do. Yeah. And then yes. my parents were like, what is going, this is not right. right. Mm-hmm. And my dad was retired out of the military. So we went to many, 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 many uh, military doctors. And finally, one military doctor sent me to Loma Linda, to a specialist at Loma Linda, whose brother also suffers from ITP. And she knew exactly what it was and said, there's all kinds of experimental things happening right now. So let's try to get you on something that is going to help you. I have so many questions. I guess just going back to the first extreme (laughs) moment of you with a bucket and gallon, which we're going to get to right after this quick break. This ad is brought to you by Von Vendi, Von Willebrand Factor Recombinant. Hi, my name is Nicole. I didn't always feel empowered to speak up for myself or ask for the care and support I needed. Becoming part of a community and hearing other people's experiences helped to change my perspective. That's why my deciding factor is making my voice heard. To hear my story and access other helpful resources, drop by Von Bendy, that's V-O-N-B-E-N-D-I dot com slash patient dash stories. Losing blood like that, do you get dizzy? Oh, 100%. Yeah, you can't. You look up and everything's either black or red. Oh, right. Yes. Like it's it's literally a gallon of blood that you're leaking out of your face, right? And it's not clotting, so it's just it's just red going. In it's just going. It's just it's like flowing a faucet. like a faucet. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. And how how okay, long? So, may, may I ask? Yeah, how long please. would that go? Like, how long would it take you hours. to? Hours. Okay. <laughs> hours. Wow. Until my, because at first it was only happening like when it was hot. Okay. And then I started noticing the purpura rash. And then Tell my us what that is. Like, so yeah. purpura rash is like the blood coming up into the skin. And it was okay. literally everywhere, but mostly on my legs and my arms. And then it would travel like into my chest and my face. Oh. Um, yeah. Like little blood spots. Just. Everywhere. everywhere yeah and you're saying that it comes to the to the skin and create a rash would it come out of the skin would you have red droplets <sighs> sometimes there would be red droplets but it was hard to tell if that was the purpura or if that was something else that was happening 
So these were all things that the doctors were going through. Could it be this in accompanying this other thing? So many things that um, they were looking for because it does not affect, I think it affects one in every 500,000 people, I think. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So your and parents. children. Ah, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So your parents, you have this, this bleeding is starting. Yeah. At 13, you're gushing. It's yeah. only hot. Then when does it increase with how often it's the frequency? When does that happen for you, the bleeding? Oh, um, ble- I was bleeding for like six hours one time. And my parents just took me directly to the emergency room and they started putting me on like a steroid, an intravenous sure. steroid, and then wouldn't let me get out of the hospital because my blood count would be in the tank. Super, super low. In the tens. Yeah. Oh wow. Or lower. Yeah. So were so you they receiving transfusions? Me... Oh yeah. No, I wasn't no. receiving transfusions at the time. They were just trying to first of all look at the blood. Okay. Right? Look at what was happening in my blood. And then finding a specialist to see what it is. Mm-hmm. And then third, finding some kind of experimental treatment to treat it. Because at that time, I think the steroids were the go-to, but steroids were not working for me. Wow. I'm going to ask a really silly question. Did you get ripped? Yeah. No. Can we clarify I what steroids do? Oh my <laughs> gosh. I got so ripped. I could, you know, I could... In- <laughs> Wait, so just for our oh. listeners, and if you're not watching, Venus is showing us that she could move stitch. her chest muscles. Her pecs yes. were able to, wow, I Arnold Schwarzenegger. So, I was flexing so hard <laughs> at 14, <laughs> 15. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. But the tracks up my arms were, sure. oh, I, I, I looked crazy, I'm sure. <laughs> mm. So what was the first successful moment of treatment? First successful moment of treatment was uh, when they uh, – started doing sandoguabulins. So a synthetic guabulin along with the steroids. And that gave me enough to get into the 70s, 100 range to be able to go home and rest and recuperate. And all this is happening during high school too. So Uh, I'm having to have tutors. I'm having to, you know, they wouldn't let me back into the school because of uh, insurance reasons. So Sure. Yeah. So I was having home and I was so tired all the time and still bleeding out of my skin. So the school's just like, probably shouldn't come back here until you've got something under control. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that begs, oh yeah, no, go. No, I'm just curious about your emotional self at that point. Like you're in high school, like, and you have all this physical stuff, you're exhausted, but you still also have these hormones and you're still a teenager. So what was, what was going on for you emotionally? (sighs) The thing that was the most uh, devastating to me is having to quit band because I couldn't play my trumpet anymore. They were worried about the, you know, lung, my blood filling up my lungs and, you know, they just wanted me to quit band and I was so devastated about that and Um, not even being able to go to school you know having a home tutor and I felt isolated and stuff but I also had this like overly optimistic attitude everybody was always calling me Pollyanna (laughs) because (laughs) I would just be like well it's just something I'm going through I'm sure it'll get better and it did oh wow wow 
That's yeah. amazing. Cool. Did you speak to other people at the time that were experiencing this? Was there no. any like no. the only person that I even knew of was my doctor, Dr. Biswas. Mm-hmm. If you're out there, shout out. Uh, her brother was the only other person that I even knew had it. And she would just tell me stories of what his, sure. you know, what was going on with him. Wow. But yeah. And we're talking a, about the early mid mid eighties. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's, it's much more common now. Oh yeah. It's much okay. there. A lot more people are being diagnosed with it these days than were in the eighties and a lot more age ranges too. Which I find very interesting. And fast forwarding to today, what is the treatment yeah. options you're on now? Do you, are you so still now I basically just do um, power of positive thinking. So I keep my platelets up with the power of positive thinking. Yeah. Last okay, time I Pollyanna, was hospitalized. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's that, what's that yeah. about? Tell Here us more. <laughs> Tell us more. Last time I was hospitalized was in 2016. So oh, my wow. platelets were under the 70 range. I think they were 55, around 55, 53 to 55. Um, but I was only hospitalized for two days. They infused me with the sandoguabulins again, did the same exact treatment. Um, yeah. And here I am. That was the last time. And now it's lots of yoga, lots of um, power, positive thinking. I is my big, you know, just imagining I've got all the platelets I need. Wow. That's the mantra. That's the process. I guess let's unpack Mm -hmm. what does it mean to the power of positive thinking? Do you have times you have to redirect your thoughts? Do you have? Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. When I I can kind of feel myself when I get drained and stuff, I know that I'm probably not in the best space for, you know, platelet wise. I just got to take it a little bit more easy with myself, especially just being in the work that I'm in, which is stage managing. I just have to take it a little bit easier with myself. Mm. Yeah, that is an intense, it can be an intense field. Viva La Theater, that is how we Mm -hmm. met. I got to work with Venus as a stage manager while working on a play about disparities in healthcare for reproductive um, realities. And that was a beautiful moment to see you in action. You're doing a lot when you do what you do. So perimenopausal, doing a lot in your job Mm -hmm. and managing this condition that's very severe and extreme with your thought process. I feel like many perimenopausal, menopausal experiences, that solution, that treatment option alone would be very attractive if there's an access point for people who don't know how yet to do it. Yeah. So how did you come upon that? Was there a yoga instructor or someone who helped you find I it? I feel like self- I stumbled upon I, almost all of this stuff is just like stumbling upon, stumbling upon, like mm. being in the right place at the right time, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was reading a book. I don't even remember what book it was right now, but by one of the mystical, more mystical artists. I think it was Manly P. Hall, probably. Mm. Uh, while I was in the hospital, you know, I didn't have a lot to do. True. There was a lot of TV. There was a lot of music going on in my ears, but it just wasn't satisfying me in any way. So reading books, reading um 
I come from a martial artist family too. My dad was a martial artist. Um, that's a whole other story in itself, but like doing those kind of Tai Chi and stuff like that made me feel so much better, elevated my mood, elevated my, um, just everything and helped me get home faster from what I saw. Mm. So I just continued and would always ask somebody, Hey, bring me a book when you come to see me in the hospital, I would love for to see, you know, whatever you want to bring. And mostly people were bringing me like books on spirituality, lots of Alan Watts, mm. lots of like th those Eastern philosophies. And uh, I would study them a lot. Yeah. Oh, and wow. so before yeah. managing it that way and post-diagnosis, you also gave birth with this condition. Uh, mm -hmm. did. Yeah, in 2000, I gave birth to a beautiful overdue, 10 days overdue, 10-pound baby girl. <laughs> wow. well, just, a, just a clap there. Yeah, we had applauses at we moments applause, like this. Yes, thank yeah. you, thank you. Wait, did you say it, an emergency cesarean? Deception. Yes, because she was so big. I wasn't just, dilating enough. Uh, so, yeah. She just had to get out. She had to get out, and they had to take her. And okay. so that started a whole, I had four, three transfusions wow. and was set to go for another spinal tap. Um, but things started happening. Platelets started rising. Was able to get home with her. Wow. Uh, yeah, she was perfect. Mm. Perfect baby girl. And her birthday is next week. So hi, Dharma. Oh, happy birthday, birthday Dharma. Dharma. Oh, I love yes. that. Yes. Love so because some of our listeners have bleeding disorders, can you discuss like the decision making to know you were going to go through maybe an intense and oh, boy. severe yes. experience to give birth? Oh, yeah. boy. Uh, yeah. Uh, I. It was, we found a lot of specialists. Uh, when because I had you know a pre-existing condition so lots of specialists came on board pregnancy was pretty easy pretty mm. easy until the last maybe trimester she was growing so big I was getting gestational diabetes like it's the worst everything started like the last two to three months of my pregnancy before that it was so easy mm. I, I unbelievably easy not a lot of morning sickness although there was um I was starting to do like a vegetarian diet so I was also starting to feel better there um but still was seeing a lot of different doctors and they were very worried you know I was in ultrasounds almost every week mm -hmm. they were constantly monitoring her trying to take amniotic sac fluid to see if there was any kind of, um, if she had. Right. Nothing. She was perfect. She was perfect. Yeah. Amazing. Well, even getting an amnio seems like it's probably, that was probably a big decision. Yeah. Very, it was scary. Very yeah. scary. Uh, but I kind of entrusted myself to these specialists. Mm -hmm. um, I had no, really no other choice. Right. It was right. either <laughs> sink or swim, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. Why yeah. is why is the, the amnio process? I'm actually not familiar. Why was that scary? It's scary, <clears> it's, dangerous? They take a big needle and they stick it into your um, womb mm -hmm. to take a little bit of fluid to see if there are any 
um, birth defects, any, um, all of that, uh, all of the babies, like blood work and stuff shows up in the amniotic fluid. That needle goes through the belly? Uh, yes, it yep. does through oh. your belly button. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's but a it's, big conversation with the bleeding disorders community that we're a part of. And it's not, it's not a practice that we, most hematologists um, in our community would recommend. Um, but yes, 2000, that is true. Right, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In the 2000s, right. yeah, I'm sure it has come a long way since then. Yeah. 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 Sarah, in that discussion, like what, what mm-hmm. else, if you know what, I mean, the discussion of why it could be valuable but is not possible, it comes up a lot because... There's a higher risk for, for bleeding. Why... why um, we had to go this go through this with my nephew, who is uh, three days younger than my daughter, and uh, my sister and her partner had to make the decision if they were going to do it or not. And thankfully, with the help of um, pediatric hematologists all over the country, um, yeah, <laughs> we she was finally able to make that decision. Like, why you don't need to risk this? Like, we're going to follow all protocols for birth as if he did have a bleeding disorder. And then they took the cord blood. My dad actually took the cord blood down to the children's hospital, <laughs> ran it down, like literally in his car. And wow. uh, yeah, took it straight to the to the clinic, to the lab to get tested. Um, because why cause a more damage if you don't need to? Right. Like if we can just wait and just proceed as, and he didn't have a bleeding disorder, thank goodness. So yeah, same. Yeah. You know, actually, Sarah, can I ask you one more question about your birth, yeah. though? I know we've spoken oh, sure. briefly, but we, you had placenta previa, and oh, our, yeah. the play that I met Venus on was about previa and accreta, which is ah, yes. both with the previa is when it's blocking, when the placenta mm-hmm. is blocking the cervix, but accreta mm-hmm. is when the placenta is like kind of digging into the wall of the uterus. So mm-hmm. just sort of for relevance, your previa experience, when, when was it discovered? Ooh, I want to say probably 14 weeks. I think I'd have to look back. Um, but it was one of those things where we were, I was also high risk, right? Like getting ultrasounds frequently, which was at the, I was like, this is great. Everyone else gets two and I get them all the time. Like, this is cool. Like, but the, the tech was like, oh, like, are, have you bled at all? And I'm like, no. Like, and, you know, she's bouncing, you know, like you're watching her on, you know, this little tiny fetus on on the screen. They're like, oh, no, no bleeding. Really? Yeah. No, no, no. And I'm like, no, not at all. Everything's been fine. And then they're like, oh, you have placenta previa. And then they bring in the high risk doc who I had a relationship with already. And she's like, well, you have placenta previa. And because you are a a double risk now, so I have the bleeding disorder (sighs) plus previa, She's like, ah, you're going to not, you're, you're on pelvic rest. So no sex, no solo time, no anything, mm. which was sad because the second try for me, I was like very excited, very oh. aroused all of oh, the yeah. time. And I'm like, yeah. what, what? okay. All right. No. Okay. The, I can, I can try to deal. And they're like, oh, and you can't be, you can't be further away than 30 minutes from a hospital. And then I was like, oh, and oh, you don't exercise. No more of that. Yeah. You could. I go, oh, well, what can I do? They're like, oh, well, you can, you can walk. I was like, (laughs) and at the time I was like, I'm going to bar classes. I'm doing Zumba. I'm doing all of these classes. I wanted to throw up because it was just how it was. But 
no, it was like, it was like, you're on lockdown. You're done. So, mm. so then I went to Dr. Google, which we all know is a bad choice, but Dr. didn't even have Dr. Google. Yes. Yeah. I'm I, sure. I, yeah. I'm... Oh, Venus, you're lucky in that aspect. Yeah. Right. Like I think it could, because, but Dr. Google this one time was like, oh, placenta previa can move. Like it can move, but that wasn't presented to me. Like it can just, it can move. And I was like, okay, okay. Ask the physician. I'm like, do you think this will move? And she's like, uh, odds are very slim. And I was like, oh, the internet said otherwise. Like, and I, I am definitely one to be like, no, don't believe everything on the internet. But yeah. And, um, it ended up moving. So, you know, it's interesting in the show that we were discussing, it's called My Womb, the mm-hmm. person who do- donated their story who had had previa during the first uh, birth and or cesarean first birth pre- previa and suspected accreta in the second. <sighs> Dr. Google or Dr. AI played an important mm-hmm. role by helping connect her to Facebook groups, to social media yes. groups where other women were telling stories. Mm-hmm. So while Dr. Google can be challenging, there can be yeah. some good intel. Absolutely. But mostly online, there's other people sharing their stories, which can help you identify your experience sometimes. Absolutely. Um, back to not being able to do self-pleasure. I feel like if you can walk, clitoral stimulation doesn't necessarily require full body experiencing. Because if you're going, you know, generally with an orgasm, right, you're going to tense, right? Your pelvic floor is going to tense up, right? You can have a contraction like orgasm, and that's what they were trying to stay away from. So, like, no pleasure for you. I did not follow the rules. Okay. I like you, you little We like rebels. Yeah. Okay, I didn't have anything penetrative, but I was like, I was ready to climb the walls. Like it was, and that's a thing in second trimester. Usually for you, either you have no desire whatsoever or you can be the opposite end. And I happened to be the opposite end. I was like, I, I, okay, I, I just have to. Like just, just don't make it like, you know, trying to control the orgasm, which you can't really do. But like right. I, uh, I rebelled. But it was okay. She's great. She's, you know, she's she was fine. She came early, but that had nothing to do with it. So, but you listened to your body and gave it what you needed within oh. the parameters the doctor had told you. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I tried. <laughs> Dang, that seems like the scariest part of having to give birth if you're restricted from self pleasure. Yeah. That yeah. feels like not okay. No. Yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah terrible venus what about your second birth ah 2013 so yes a little bit more i had a little bit more information yeah same thing though but i did not have the platelet problems that i had with him that i did with her wow yeah yeah and that was in between the two did you have regular items the injection that you had the sub c um, sandoguabulins. So it's a synthetic um, platelet that mm-hmm. they put in. That it's like a guabulin, but it's made uh, synthetically. Mm-hmm. Um, and regular guabulins did not work on me for some reason. So oh. only the sandoguabulins worked. And also with steroids. They weren't working on their own either. So it was like a one-two punch. Yeah. yeah. Teamwork, teamwork. And so those teamwork. two <laughs> happened in between the two books. Did you have a series of treatments that helped uh, potentially? No, actually, my platelets rose after my daughter to 
100s or a, a little bit above. I was staying into the 150s. Wow. Almost into the 200 ranges. So I didn't have to take any more therapies, just went on with my regular life. <laughs> regular right. life. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so then, and then after the second birth, there was uh, the platelets stayed high as well? Platelets stayed high until 2016. I dropped again first time in three years mm-hmm. and was hospitalized for that and haven't had another um, anything else come up since I've been keeping myself in the higher range of platelets for me. Mm-hmm. It's still low for everybody else. Anybody who would check my blood with a CBC would say, yeah. Oh my God. What is yeah. happening? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, let me tell you what's happening. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I'll tell you all about it. I don't, you love educating yeah. physicians. It's so, it's a delight. It's, it's very satisfying. It yeah. really is. You're like, actually. Yeah. <laughs> let me inform yeah. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's speaking of rebels and authority. How do you deal with that dynamic? You know, the white coats are often taught, we're taught to be like bowing to the authority of, but there's a collaboration that's necessary necessary. How did that, did you ever get pushback or do you always find it easy to educate? I usually find that they, that who I come in contact is very open to hear my story, to hear, you know, what's going on with my blood because I've had 40 years of experience with it now. Right. Mm -hmm. So they're very open to hearing what I say and then taking the blood and going, holy cow, you, this is how you're working day to day. This is how you are here in front of me from day to day having this low of platelets and I've literally been at zero platelets before so this is good for me right yeah yeah and since have you talked to anyone else now like do you know other people Mm -hmm. who have ITP now I do know other people who have ITP now yes they still tend to be younger but I met one other woman who is about my age, uh, three years younger than me, so pretty close, who has it. And, you know, pretty much we went through the same thing at the same time. Wow. So it's a, it's a very interesting to be in that um, little group with people. Yeah. How did you get connected? Have this. Uh, mm-hmm. Facebook. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Facebook is, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. What yeah. was uh what was menstruation like for you? Oh boy. Yeah. My I, I, very... I can guess, but <laughs> Yeah, no, it was the same thing as like here. Yeah, just out of vessel, your mm-hmm. just out of the other side. As a matter of fact, my very first period was in the hospital. I was in a hospital bed being very, you know, gently shaken awake by a nurse. I was covered oh. in blood just covered in blood. And they were like, Oh no, is it coming out of her back? Has she been on her back for long, too long? You know, so they rush me into the shower and then parade me back into probably five, six doctors turning me around in circles, dripping wet with everybody trying to find where this blood source is coming from. And then when it was found, you know, this huge sigh of relief that, Oh, she just, Poor baby just started her period in the middle of all of this. Uh, I was 14, which is a late bloomer, especially for my family. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, so I was very taken care of after that with the nurses and everyone was practicing loving kindness on me for sure. Wow. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah. Just it was a source. horror scene. Being, uh, you know, gently shaken awake oh by this. You're like, what? Nurse. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, to wake up to find yourself covered in red. Oh my. You know, oh it's, my. it's, yeah. it, it's almost, you know, PTSD. It's like shocking mm. to see yourself covered in blood like that. Like not know where it's coming from. Wow. Not know in a hospital bed already. Right. Right. You're supposed to be in the safe. These... Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was uh, intense. I'll say that. And so yeah. then you have went you ever... on, yeah. oh, sorry, sorry. Just for the products of obviously. Okay. So then we have this first period in the hospital. Yeah. Then you said you had to use a lot of different products. So what did that yeah. look like at that time for you? Cause in, you know, you you said mid eighties, that's a whole different ball game than what it is now. Yeah. Basically those very gigantic pads. pads um, yeah. Sometimes I was using like incontinence underwear at oh, that sure. time. Um, just basically anything they could put there to stop the bleeding. Yeah. Yeah. And since I could not go through hormone therapy at the time to, um, medically stop it because of all the other treatments that I was doing, they're just like, well, let's see where this goes, fellas. Oh, and did you have like a right, like a a typical seven day, 28 day, 30 day cycle? I think that first one lasted probably a good nine days, 10 days Oh wow! in the hospital, not being able to get up, move really no. just in the bed, sitting up. Right. Because you would probably, yeah. if you got up, it would just, it would just gush. gush. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And after that first one, were they regularly around nine to 10 days? Did they vary? They varied a lot. Sometimes I've had a two week period easily, easily. Yeah. 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 yeah, When Sarah is just mimicking putting a pencil in her eye, I think. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or a knife, you know, either or. Oh, just a knife. (laughs) That works. Just take that eyeball out. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 It is yeah. a horror film. I mean, it is a horror yeah. film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've discussed, yeah. Hmm. But so staying calm with that level of PTSD, I mean, it makes sense then you what you turned to mental practices to stay calm. Have you ever mm-hmm. witnessed from the outside someone else being in that kind of horror scene of blood? I never thought that I was like sensitive to, more sensitive to it than to myself than when I saw my daughter fall on a escalator into a sharp metal right on she hit the spot on her knee right on it and just like a big black blob of gush blood gushed down her leg and I I blacked out blacked out seeing that just all of the trauma comes back yep right immediately flooded and it's right and it makes you dizzy Mm -hmm. you basically just can't deal with the world at that time wow. yeah wow. yeah blood it's so interesting blood is triggering yeah. and blood is triggering when it's not naturally occurring mm-hmm. except for extreme bleeders it can still be triggering when it's naturally occurring <laughs> like that's when it, right we try to demystify destigmatize the idea that period blood isn't gross right there's nothing no. wrong with it it's cool to have it in your paint with it what you want to do but it is more ex- it's the extreme experience to be horrified by the sheer amount that might come out yeah. A, yeah. Yeah. I would 100% rather it come out of my vagina than my nose. Oh, sh- uh, absolutely. There's nothing like that feeling of, you know, just all of that blood 
collecting in your throat and mm-hmm. like you just can't get rid of it all even though it's pouring out of you like yeah. it feels like it sticks in places where you cannot get it out fast enough mm. yeah I, I, uh, not that I had gallons come out, but as a, as a bleeder myself, bloody noses were my, were my thing. And I would just get in the shower, right. And just like, just sit there and just let it go because the stickiness and the yuck and the having to spit it out. Right. And then I just get it out and get it down, get it down the drain was, was my coping skill for that. And they would, I mean, I'm talking 45 minutes, not hours here, but, um, but that was the best way for me to handle that. So did you ever do a shower? Did you ever like, Oh, 100%. Always, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. After you just feel mm-hmm. icky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. taste it in those scenarios? Oh, of course. Yes. So, yeah. For hours <laughs> after it stops even bleeding. Like you, you feel like you cannot get it all out of where it's stuck. Mm. Yeah. Just sort of picturing. It's like you're swimming in blood. That feeling of swimming, mm-hmm. right? When you get water in your nose for those yeah, who have not experienced. Exactly. Yeah. That's a great example. Mm-hmm. But it's blood. Taste. What does it taste like? Blood. Irony. Irony. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. That, well, sticky. you're just probably not. And, well, I was going to say is you're sticky, right? Like No, it is still yeah. sticky. Even, okay. you know, it's different than saliva. Yeah. So like a different feeling, but still sticky. Like yeah. still in places where you really want to get it yeah. out fast. Mm-hmm. You don't want it to stay there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. My, yeah. I just had a, a little process on procedure on my sinuses so I can breathe out the left side of my face again. And oh, yeah. I was jokingly comparing the recovery to like having a menstruation out my nose. <laughs> but after hearing this, I am once again reminded <laughs> that extreme menstruation is a different thing and deserves its own space. Yeah. It's a little yeah. different, a little mm-hmm. different. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So I'm sorry. What were we? We were just discussing, what is it? Hexagon? So yes. the reason that the doctors came to the conclusion that I got this was we lived close to a PG&E pumping station that was cleaning with hexavalent chromium. And they think it got into our groundwater and caused the platelets that way with the hexavalent chromium, which was huge in my area in the late mid to late 80s, early 90s. Uh, it came to light with the Aaron Brockovich story. Which wow. we recall which, very well. Yes. Yeah. A lot of children were being diagnosed with not just blood disorders and not just platelet disorders, but all kinds of health problems were happening in my area at that time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. When did they put it together for you? Like when did, when did that little piece of information come in? Because it sounds like at first everyone's like, what's happening? Right. Yeah. It was idiopathic. No one knew. And Mm. they still, you know, they still didn't want to blame it on this hexachromium, but it was the most common thing that was happening at the time and I have other brothers and sisters but I was the only one in the family that um it affected wow I'm the only one that has platelet problems out of all of us interesting so yeah huh yeah maybe because you're so in tune with 
the world. And that means the second something in your environment shifted so dramatically, you, you absorbed it. And this is what's happening across the mm-hmm. globe. There's mm-hmm. issues with the earth and menstrual realities are reflecting oh, yeah. significant mm-hmm. issues. Especially yeah. water issues. I yes. very much equate water issues because like, if we look at our environments, our environments are just reflections of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just do like a montage here of everything going on in the environment right now. Yes. And burning and things and right, right, things right, reflection right. of ourselves as a human collective. Yeah. 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 And all of the cancer is so rampant now. Yes. I don't think that there's anybody who hasn't been affected by cancer. Oh, no. There, I mean, how, how I, I can't imagine. I cannot yeah. imagine. Yeah. Which is terrifying because it wasn't like terrifying. that. Terrifying. That wasn't I don't know like when that. It was like when a stigma. Younger. Right? Yes. There was like the C word was a TV show that was like, ooh, someone has cancer. It was a very yeah, special right. episode of Blossom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. Right? Yes, it was. Yeah. But now yeah. it's like, That's no, cancer, of course. I know four people who have had it or have it. Yeah. yeah. It's mm-hmm. just a common Easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So it was just kind of because everything was happening in your area. So that starts. What they, okay. Yeah. They so were saying, you, oh, we're, we're seeing links to, you know, all of these different health problems and yeah. this hexavalent chromium that has been introduced into the groundwater. Maybe that's it. Right. They were looking at the linings of the walls and the, um, in my school, they were looking at oh, all sure. kinds of different things because it was only affecting me and the family. Why was that happening? So now they're not only looking and trying to treat my blood, they're trying to treat my environment. They're trying to see where can we stop this from becoming a pan, uh, an epidemic if it is going to get to that with the and- hexavalent chromium. Who okay, so then now now I have yeah. more questions. So then who are they? Like so obviously uh, you show up at the hospital and you're on, you know, you're going to military docks. So obviously the, yeah. that's getting up, you know, that information is traveling up. But who then starts taking action of like, okay, how are we gonna figure out what's happening with with this patient? A doctor started Other doctors asking okay. around and okay. like it was happening a lot in I grew up in a very small town in the high desert. Okay. Um, they were starting to see reports coming in of different hospitals out there. We're seeing different people coming in with bleeding, especially heat. It was heat. It was the high desert. You know, temperatures would get to 111 or so, even wow. back then. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Did you meet Aaron Brockovich? No. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> okay, I, I didn't. I, I was around when they were filming the movie, but I didn't get to meet her specifically. She, they focused on Hinkley, which is about 35-ish miles from where I grew up. But the oh. PG&E stations that were there were the, exactly, exactly the same. The and they same. were cleaning with the exact same uh, chemicals that were getting oh. into the groundwater. Wow. And, of course, my parents had the groundwater come out and tested. And, yes, there was hexavalent chromium in it, along with a lot of other things uh, that they didn't know about. So it was tr- go- tracking with the with what was happening happening mm-hmm. in Hin- Hinkley. Yeah. Wow. Do your yeah. you you mentioned siblings? So does anyone else yes. have any other health issues? Not bleeding uh, issues, but any other health issues from growing up that you're aware? Of? No. Wow. Not no, not really. Okay. Everyone's wow. pretty healthy. 
there's a little bit of diabetes in our family, you know, sure. I like to say small things. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, yes, they're not bleeding out of their whole body. They're not yes. bleeding out of their whole body. Yeah. So that was, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's but my mom and my sister had hysterectomies very early. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. So, and by I choice? am the only, by choice, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because my mom did start bleeding so much, mm. had a hysterectomy and it, pretty much fixed all her problems. But then she ha started having problems with bone density and, you know, okay. That was rolling on and rolling on. And then my sister started the same time about mid forties, early fifties, mm. same thing started happening to her. Yeah. And I'm still intact. I've still got all of my all organs and yeah, all of my parts are still intact. So I, I skipped that hysterectomy part. That's great. Cause that's a huge, that's a huge surgery. So huge surgery. Yeah. Woof. Yeah. Woof. Gosh. Yeah. Well, thank you for, I, I mean, we could go on for hours. Oh yeah. Venus, thank you so much for sharing your experience and your tips on how to reframe the process for positive thinking to help cope mm -hmm. with extreme menstruation. Thank you for of flowing course. with us. It Is there any advice you would pleasure. give to someone who's experiencing extreme menstruation right now flow through it mm. flow through mm. it. it yeah well that's it for now we'll be back next month thank you goddess of love venus for being with us on flow Flow is produced by Bloodstream Media and edited by Kay Vermeil. Shout out to Flow's creative director, Amy Board, and hosts Jessica Richmond and Sarah Watson. New episodes are available the second Thursday of each month. Hey, that's the day after I start menstruating. <laughs>